It's time to bet that money. Sometimes when I use this voice, Josh smiles, and then I know it's going to be okay. Chris Sims is coming in today in second place in the Sims and Lefko betting show, following four-time champion Adam Lefko. The question is, will they bet on the same teams, or could they be a playoff push? Find out next on Sims and Lefko, the betting show. Why, hey, Chris. Um, why are you wearing that jersey? Your team lost. They're not good. What am I wearing, Chris? Um, a Saints jersey, number I'm 92 for Saints Davenport. Jersey. What am I wearing? 92 Davenport. I'm wearing a Reggie White, Mitchell and Ness sweater. Week too late, bro. It's really bad karma. Bad juju. Oh, Saints, we go into the championship game. You sitting at home with popcorn, Philly. I love popcorn. <laughs> I'm wearing this to show everybody. That just because your team loses, don't pack it in, don't act distraught, you still got to ride or die. Right. And I ride or die with this team. Yep. So, uh, you know who I'm picking in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Josh, how are we doing this today? Uh, so first and foremost, today? if you'd like to come to Atlanta and you'd like to be there for our show, email simsalefko at gmail.com. We are nearly filling up. It's going to be crazy. And it's going to be awesome. I got a couple more emails today of people who are ready to back you <gasps> in the potential yes. Lefko versus Saints fans brawl. We've got some <laughs> Panthers fans coming and some Falcons fans coming oh, he's now. he's got back. So just so you know, you've got the NFC South with you. That Ooh, is the whoa. good thing is I feel like there's a lot of pe- hey, Buccaneers fans. Don't miss out on your chance to take on the don't Saints. Don't do it, Buccaneers. Side with me and go against Lefko. Let's go, Saints and Bucks, and we'll gang up on Lefko. Gang up a Maybe our Wednesday podcast will just be a straight roast. Roast? We'll just roast get, yeah, just everybody can get in the line. Yeah, but here's the deal. That's only if the Saints make it. That now let's right. get to the show. That's All right. Because right. if they the don't make show. it, we're, we're in the same boat now, Saints fans. Coming out of the divisional round, Sims, you went 2-2 two and two last weekend. You lost on the Colts and the Cowboys. You uh, won on the Patriots and the Eagles. So what does that mean he made? You made $0. zero. But you also lost 0 so glass half full. Welcome to where now, I was between I... weeks 10 and I go 17. I 7-1 and one in the playoffs, and I can't fucking win money. You're 6-2, and two, but that's okay. Have I? Yeah, you lost think, two uh, this week. Oh, yeah, Josh messed that up. You're right. No, well, you're, oh, wait, I'm five and three. I'm, five and three. I'm thinking of my normal just straight-up picks. Still. Wow, guys. five and three. Hold on. What did he say he was? I seven, seven and one. And one. It's not possible for someone to go seven and one in the playoffs. Yeah, you've done it, Lefko. Oh, wait. <laughs> I would just like to say my spreadsheets are correct. Yeah, okay? they are. Sorry, enough, I was looking at the I've been one. right They're enough really weeks good. in a row. Yeah, hold that up to the camera. Very Make well sure everyone sees. This is not a joke. Okay. Very well done. Lefko, last week you went three and one, bringing you to seven and one in the playoffs. Stop you were it. wrong job, on the Colts. Lefko. You were right on the Rams, Patriots, and Eagles. Mm. So, heading into championship weekend, Sims, you are at 2,170 bleacher bucks. It's a great year. Lefko, you were at 3,340 bleacher bucks. That's a greater year. And I've added another formula here on the right side. Actually, you don't have this on your spreadsheets, but I have it now calculating and subtracting the difference so I don't have to do the math in my head. Lefko, you are up 1,170 bleacher bucks heading into championship weekend. All right, so you can still catch me. Wait, what do you mean? Like, isn't he? Oh, you're saying that's what the difference is. Sorry, correct. Got you, got you, got you. So today, you want to explain how we're doing this today? No, you go for it. All right, so Lefko texted us at, what was that, midnight last? 
last night and said, yeah. I think we should bet $1,600 total on championship yeah, weekend. because there was a notion that we were going to do $400 a game. Right. But the only reason we did $400 a game for a wild card divisional was there were four games thus equaling 1600 Right. I believe that in this race to our to possibly my fifth and your first, right. that the playoffs should be worth more than the rest of the games. Okay. Because these are the teams we've watched all year long. Right. It means more to them. It should mean more to us. Right. And I also think it's going to be crazy going down the stretch if you go up 1600 and I go down, and now suddenly for the $1,600 winner-take-all Super Bowl, sure. it flips again. I know. I'm willing to risk my lead because if there was it only takes eight- a strategy, I mean, yes, thank you for giving me a chance. I guess what you're saying, but I almost would have rather done it 400 per game. Just uh, we could have really gone like it would have been tough. It would have been tough, but this is cool. I'm down with that. Is it tougher? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's easier to make a comeback, is what I'm saying. If we're now, doing, yeah, it's we're easier to do a comeback. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're also not excuse. a legally sanctioned sports book, so we can really do whatever we want. We can and make do it up whatever we want. Along. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. We want to make a change Thanks. and yep. make it more exciting. You sure. know what? This I have reminds... a feeling we're going to be opposites, anyways. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm thinking? What are you thinking? I'm realizing that in Game of Thrones, which you don't watch, you know when that dude thought he had killed the mountain. Yep. And he's like, you Darty, you come into my village and you'll kill my people. And yep. then the mountain cut and crushed his head. I think that's what I just did to Sims. I think he's going to grab my leg, put me on the ground, squash my head, and then I'd love That was it. amazing. Yep. I, that was an amazing part of that show. Gosh, I was, oof. It actually yeah. was. Did uh, you see it? Yeah. Mountains crushing people. It's amazing. Well, the mountain is just a nickname for a human <laughs> oh, okay. who is a very Sorry. large human. Who I think he, wasn't he, uh, was didn't he... he do the combine? That guy had an NFL. Oh, connection. it's that guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Are we His ready name to... is the Mountain on the show. In the show. Yeah. That's kind of funny. He's like a world famous bodybuilder, right? But he's known as the Mountain. He's now a zombie Mountain. He's a zombie, which mountain. is he's even scarier. Died and someone's someone's like pumped something into his veins that's brought him back to is life. Is that show still going on? It's the last Final season. season this year. Last up. season. I hope they keep making them. Is one one zombie still alive? Or one one is in the ground. He's in the ground. Yeah. No, he's not a White Walker. Ooh, he might I feel be. Like, yeah, you're right. I feel like one one came back as a White Walker. Yeah. Right. So that just means he's... Phil Sims never dies. He's crossed over <laughs> the dark side, basically. <laughs> okay. Now he's going to try and take over Oh, so Westeros. he was good originally? Really, if he was I a was... Good guy. If, if this was like the ring... That ringer, guy tried to kill Phil Sims many a time. Reggie White? Yes. If I was doing content, I would have Sims only watch the finale of Game of Thrones right. and try to sum up what the entire show was <laughs> based off of only the finale. <laughs> What about that's like if I watched Survivor, I was like, she never had a chance from the beginning. We gotta get dad to tell the story about Jerome Brown, God rest his soul, about the day he found out they were going to draft Jerome Brown. No, I think you've told me in the weight room with Bill Parcells. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Parcells is like I think they got Jerome Brown. He's like, no, he's uh, Detroit had the pick before them, and he was like, Oh, Sims, Detroit's gonna fuck this draft up. They're gonna take blah blah blah, and that means the Eagles are gonna get Jerome Brown. And like you know, I, you know, of course the Eagles' defense was already amazing. They didn't need him. Yeah, yeah. All right, Man. all right. Sorry, I'm ready t- to gamble. The time before free agency. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Well, that was the last era of great teams, right? Because there was no salary cap, and that's the reason. Like no salary cap, and players never left. No, and I mean the 49ers, they out paid everybody. That's why they were so dominant. Like nobody competed. Like DeBartolo was not afraid to spend money to make money, I guess, basically. Yeah. It was like baseball. Yeah, it was. It was it a lot becomes like a coastal sport then though. Because it then it's the New Yorks and the Bostons and the LA's that make more. And I think 
I'm torn because yeah. the NFL is great because any team can make a run, and a yeah. team like the Rams can go worst to first, and a team like the Eagles could have done that the year before right. too. But then there's also baseball when I turn it on and it's Yankees, Red Sox, yeah. and I don't need to know a single player, but I know it's for everything. Yeah. And it and it feels great. And I look back and those Cowboys in the nineties and the forty niners in the eighties, it's special. No, yeah. To your point, I mean actually I never even thought of it this way, but if you go from nineteen eighty all the way till let's say nineteen ninety five, right? It was nothing but what you're saying. It was Raiders, Niners. Okay, Raiders were the only AFC team that won. Giants. Giants, Redskins. Yeah. Okay. Dallas. And then the Bears, which is a big city team, right. which makes sense. I mean, that was it's all major cities. That was it. Yeah. So you're right. It's a, definitely an issue. There. And the NBA, it's getting interesting now because you know, ooh, Minnesota gets this guy for three years. Okay, right. now but he's, he's going to leave now. Right. New Orleans, uh, now he's going to leave. Now. Yeah. Indiana, and then where do they go? Yeah. LA. Yeah, but LA. That, that's why, like, Paul George in Oklahoma City is wild. Yeah, it is. It is cool that he kind of stayed there. Yeah, and then you become a legend. I'm excited to get back into basketball a little here soon. I, All right, guys. I, you know, James Harden's out there dropping 58. Okay. <laughs> this is how this is going to go today. So I'm going to give the matchup. <laughs> I will give the weather. I will give the line. Okay. We will go over to you, Chris, for your breakdown and pick. We will go over to Adam for his breakdown and pick. Then we'll do a, le- a little left go inventory where he'll ask you a bunch of questions. Okay. We're going to do about 30 minutes on each game, and then we'll move on. Cool. So first game, Sunday afternoon, 3.05, the Los Angeles Rams on the road <laughs> visiting the New Orleans Saints. Last time these two teams played at the Superdome earlier this year. 45-35 Saints win. Weather in New Orleans on Sunday, in case anyone's curious. 49 degrees is the high, mostly sunny, a little bit of wind. Spread in this game, Chris, New Orleans minus three and a half. Okay. I Why did you make this. that noise? I I'm like, I just got so many, I got too many people like just texting me. And I just can't. Who just hit you up now? Just, nobody. I'm looking BB. at my own text now. But I just got, yeah. BB texting it's you? It's like, it's just that time of the year. I don't know. He's All got right. about 85 texts to his wife with notes breaking down this game, and I suggested again that he open the notes app maybe yeah. instead of texting Daniel. I think we'll get there eventually. All right, um, here we go. Saints-Rams. All right, let's just do uh, – let's go a little backtrack and just talk about the first matchup, right? First matchup, very interesting in a whole lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I think the first thing I would say is both defenses at that time still had not found themselves all the way. Uh, like where I just say there was unsound things they did in the secondary and as defenses altogether. I would say that both defenses at that time were just a hair too aggressive. And we're talking the Week Nine matchup that the that Josh just referenced. Yes. In the, in the Saints. What did you say the spread of this game is? I have not even looked at the three spread. and a half. Okay, so. Um, so from there, hold on. He hasn't looked at the spreads, but he's made bets. I made my scores and I made my bets. Yep. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but either way, way to mix it up during the championship week. Either bro. way, I um, I think what's interesting is it's you know first thing is the Rams are a different team right now, right? You know Dante Fowler just got there. Mark Barron just got back in the lineup. Um, Akib Talib was not there. So from that aspect, if you're a Rams fan, you look at it and go, okay, that's good to know. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, the Saints on their defense in that first matchup were still living in this like, oh, we think we could play a lot of man to man and right. stop people that way. And there was just too many easy plays all together. Uh, I think the thing that I forgot about in the first matchup that was interesting is just that the Rams did run the ball uh, on the Saints. Curly but, had some moments. He did, but they got behind and they really couldn't stay with yes. it, right? Uh, on the other side, of course, the Saints ran the ball against the Rams as well. And that was when, you know, the Rams were just all 
all over the place. I mean, there's a few snaps in the game where the Rams are like talking to on the 70 yard bomb to Michael Thomas. Yes, of course, Marcus Peters is literally turned around talking to somebody, and they snap the ball, and he tries to turn around and guard the guy. I'd also say there were times where. Aaron Donald was behind Breeze, and there was a run going the other way. Right. Like, it was It was back to the Aaron Donald, I'm going to run up as hard as I can, leaving holes all over the Without place. Without a doubt. It was the whole undisciplined, which is what I questioned, really, even last week. And it's why I did not expect the Cowboys to get blown out the way they sure. did. Because I was just like, man, I don't know. I mean, even though the Rams played close to the vest in that last two games of the regular season, I just thought, hey, it's the Cowboys and they're going to take a chance at some point and they'll get gashed. Um, so I guess, where do I want to go with this? I think if I was going to mat- talk about the Rams offense versus the Saints defense just to go to that matchup first of all. There's no Cooper Cup now for the Rams on that side of the ball. That's big, certainly. The Saints are more of a definitely a zone team. That's what they want to do. And they're going to match up in just certain little situations uh in man-to-man and do all of that. Now, you have to be careful about playing too much man-to-man against the Rams because with the speed sweeps and the run game and everything, they can test you that way. You know, the other thing that the the Rams' offense is very good at is they are good at flooding zones in the pass game, in the drop-back pass game. And when the Saints did play zones, the Rams did a pretty good job of finding, you know, three-on-twos or two-on-ones and things like that. Um, uh, But I don't think my big point would be this for the Saints' defense. Don't be scared to play man-to-man in this game. I mean, Jared Goff is struggling a little right now, and he made some great throws against man-to-man in that game. But we haven't seen him make those throws consistently lately, and I would say if I'm the Saints, like, don't be scared to do that. Make, let, early on, I would test it and go, let's see if he's on his game, right? Let's just I see. You know, so you go from there. Um, okay, so then you flip it over to the other side, and you know, this is really the enigma. I mean, the 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 Saints offense, you like that use? Yeah, your vested horse coming out today. Yeah, well, the Saints the Saints offense, you know, as far as run games concerned, I guess where I get scared a little bit for their run game is that they've struggled with some of the faster type of defensive lines like the Cowboys in that way, right? Where they're actually been better against the Eagles and the Saints, Ravens. They're a little those. lumbering. They're a little lumbering. Pete is a big man. Right. Yeah. Terran right. uh, Armstead. Armstead. Big yeah. man. Right. Ramscheck. Big man. Yeah. Wofford. Big man. Right. Yeah. So that's where it just like, just a little food for thought as far as where that goes. You know, the Rams defense you know, having to lead back, I don't think the Rams are going to live in, in, in man-to-man but I do think a Talib matches up better with a Michael Thomas than Marcus Peters. I mean, again, absolutely. Yeah, again, like Marcus Peters covered Michael Thomas pretty well. But when it just came down to, oh, I'm going to come out of my break, like Michael Thomas just overpowered Marcus Peters in times where he's there in coverage and the refs let them play and Michael Thomas just pushed him off and caught the ball and then broke a tackle or whatever it was. Like Peters wasn't in bad position, right? And I think we said that at the time. So that's really interesting. I mean, I think the first thing we need to say about both of these games, these games are, like, fascinating to me. I have never gone in the AFC Championship game going, like... I don't feel confident about these. It's like a coin flip. It's, it's not, truly you know, 50-50. Yes, there's, there's, there's really... It's like, I can find ways in every matchup to go, ooh, well, this team has this, and this team has that. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm looking at my text here just to make sure I didn't... Um, but I do think the fact that the Rams have simplified... 
uh, on defense is going to be an advantage for them just in the fact where they're not going to get caught with their pants down so many times. There were just so many plays where the, the Saints motioned across and they're all communicating and trying to fix the coverage and they snap the ball and they're really not in position to cover the play, right? And you talked about how the Rams' defensive line was kind of all over the place and Dante Fowler just got there and he only played it was his limited first snaps, right? He played limited snaps in the game in general. As the game went on, they started to get pressure on Breeze, but early on they didn't. And I would say for anybody out there, one of the great matchups of the game will be Andrews Pete, who struggled uh, last week against him and Aaron Donald, because they will not be afraid to leave Pete on Donald one-on-one and say, no, you're a first-round pick, and we're going to let you take him man-to-man. So that's going to be really awesome, too. I don't feel overly confident about either quarterback in this matchup. I kind of look at both quarterbacks as going, hey, the two best quarterbacks in the playoffs are in the AFC side right now. Mahomes is one, Brady is two. All right. Then, Taysom Hill. And then, and then three and four would be the NFC matchup. I'm just talking about the style of the way these two quarterbacks are playing right now. Um, let me just see if I'm missing anything else. I don't think I am from that, just as far as things that I want to look up from that first matchup. Uh, again, don't forget this aspect of the game, too. I thought Sean McVay made a huge mistake in the first game with the fake field goal. They got the fumble and just take the field goal and go up 17-14. Instead, they went for the fake field goal, didn't get it. It became 21-14. Then they drove the ball down the field again and then missed the field goal, and it became 28-24, and then got through the interception, and it became 35-34, and that kind of took the Rams out of their run game, how we've already mentioned. Um the Rams' defense has improved. Uh, the Saints' defense has improved. The Rams' run game is rolling right now. Uh, that's where I just look at it to be interesting. If the Rams, of course, and the Saints is one of the best run defenses in football, that's really, to me, going to be a huge area of the game. If the Rams can run the ball on the Saints, you know, then it's just going to put them in a bind of play-action pass and all of those type of things. And, you know, that's the same for the other side. But I do think that the Rams secondary can match up better with the Saints' weapons than vice versa, okay? I only trust Marcus Lattimore on man-to-man coverage, right? He's the only guy I really trust, like, on the Saints. Eli Apple, he has his moments, but I certainly wouldn't want him living on an island too much throughout the game against Woods, or uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. Did I say Marcus? Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that that to me is fascinating as well. Um, no Sheldon Rankins on the inside, who had some moments in this game of really being disruptive. That hurts the Saints too, where I look at it. And you know, it's just uh, it's a it's an awesome game where I look at it and go, what quarterback is going to make the big throws? Okay. And what's the more talented team? And I think, like, at the end of the day, I came to my determination that I'm betting $800 on the Los Angeles Rams. I'm picking mm. the Rams to win this football game. I think the Rams are going to win this game 27-24, to 24, something along those lines. I just think the Rams are more talented, and I actually think they're playing better football right now. And I like what they've done on defense, and I just think if Donald and Sue can stay— so you like the Rams' money line. Uh, I guess, yeah, I think the Rams are going to win this game. Gotcha. They're going to go into New Orleans and win. I just feel like in a one-game in a one game scenario, McVay, Wade Phillips, and 
just the absolute freak show of the Los Angeles Rams is going to be ready to go. I just think they got more talent across the board in a game that's very evenly matched. It could go either way. I'm going to go with the superstar power of Gurley, Woods, Cooks, you know, Goff, Tlaib, Peters, Fowler, Donald, Sue, Brockers. I'm going to Marcus Joyner. I'm going to go with them in this one game scenario that their talent will be able to just overcome the fact that it's a very even matchup. And yeah, I think it's like a a 27, 24, 28, 24 type victory mm. for the Rams. I'm going to give you my first nugget yeah. that applies to all the games this weekend, right. both games. Yeah. Sims 2017. Patriots beat the Jaguars at home, Eagles beat the Vikings at home. Yeah. 2016, Falcons beat the Packers at home. Right. Patriots beat the Steelers at home. Right. 2015, Broncos beat the Patriots at home. Yep. Panthers beat the Cardinals at home. 2014, Seahawks beat the Packers at home. Patriots beat the Colts at home. 2013, Broncos beat the Patriots at home. Seahawks beat the 49ers at home. Yep. Not since 2012 has a visiting team won a championship game. Right, and both won That's that. just for everyone yeah. out there. It was the Niners over the Falcons in Atlanta. Colin Kaepernick, incredible throw. Ravens over the Patriots. Joe Flacco goes to the Super Bowl. Right. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, right. right. 2012? 2012. 2012, the Ravens played the 49ers. The 49ers. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm the, saying those were the championship games. Oh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm thinking of the next other championship game. Sorry, my boss. So I'm just saying... It's it's yeah. something that no one's talking about. I haven't heard it anywhere. Yeah, no, we I haven't had an away team win a championship game in in about five years. Right, I think that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Looking at the injury reports, yep. Saints lost Sheldon Rankins, mm. Andrus Pete, Max Unger, Ramjick all limited on Wednesday. Yeah. Rams injury report, nobody. Right, nobody. I went back and watched Week Nine. Yeah, first thing I thought. Ben Watson was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's not even playing anymore. No. But he had he had two or three incredible catches. Um, Man, I'm hot here. I thought, got well. You're both wearing the sweater shirt combination, which is, looks very hot. Well, it's 20 degrees out. That's I mean, true. Yeah. Goff. The first thing I wrote down was Goff looks like he belongs in the dome. Yeah. Like the way the ball was coming out of his hands back then, right. it was popping. Right. I also go, man, Sean Payton, what a savage. Up 11 with eight minutes left in the third, calls a flea flicker. Yeah. Gets it. Yeah. But, like, the amount of times I went back and watched Sean Payton games, it's that time in the third quarter where everyone kind of gets in their ruts. That's when he calls the Willie Sneed pass, or that's when he calls the flea flicker. But to be up 11 and do that, I just thought was wild. It looked easier for the Saints than it did the Rams. Right. Kamara is the wild card in this game Mm -hmm. because he had success. Forgot it was the Michael Thomas cell phone game. And then I said, oh, damn. These teams played in 2017 also in L.A. Yeah. Let me watch that game. Right. Breeze was under pressure the entire game. Right. Alvin Kamara and Gurley both had monster games. But the Rams won 26-20. to It was really 26-13. to They controlled that whole game. Hmm. It was all Rams in that game. Good job by you going back to watch that one. But guess what? Right. They also played in 2016. Yeah. Jeff Fisher, right? Jared Goff's first road game of his career, right, was in the Superdome. Yeah, that's funny. 
So Jared Goff, this is his third time Same playing in the Superdome. Yeah. But I couldn't believe that his first his first NFL touchdown pass was in the Superdome. Right. He's running down. Guess what he did in that game? What? Three touchdowns, one interception. Ball was flying out of his hands. Right. Jared Goff in the dome. Yeah. Is a different guy. Yeah. Aaron Donald killed Breeze, forced a fumble that was recovered in the so he was on the team too. Right. It was one of those hits where Drew Breeze's head is still, but his back is back five <laughs> yards. In that game, up forty-two to twenty-one, up twenty-one points yeah. with ten minutes left in the game. Sean Payton calls a pass to Willie Sneed, who then throws it for a touchdown. So Sean Payton has now done this twice right. against the Rams in the Superdome, yep. third or fourth quarter, having a wide receiver throwing a pass for a touchdown. Interesting. You don't think he's going to do that this weekend? Oh, I mean, either one of these coaches, I'd get, I'd be scared to death. I'd be keeping me up at night if I'm a head coach for either one of these teams. Jared Goff against the Saints, yep. and I believe it's also Jared Goff against Dennis Allen over yep. the last three years. I believe Dennis has been there the last three years. I believe years. he has too, yes. Three games. Averaging 320 yards a game, Mm -hmm. eight touchdowns, three interceptions. He's 0-2 in New Orleans, but that was with Jeff Fisher. And to watch that defense get butchered was... Uh, it didn't even recognize that Rams team. Right. 1-0 in, in L.A. But he's played two games in New Orleans. So here I have a guy... He's been there. Yeah. His first career touchdown was there. Right. He put up 35 points the next time. Yep. They know what it's like to be down 21. I don't think there's a fear factor for this team. I don't imagine that either. But those are great nuggets, left guy. And I also think that I just watched Sean McVay. Yeah. He put up points against the Cowboys. And I know Sean Payton against the team is going to be good. But this is also Sean McVay having faced a team twice. And he's got to know this team well, too. Yeah. But I also, I genuinely believe that Sean McVay and Sean Payton are a wash. I think Sean McVay has the advantage in the first two quarters, and Sean Payton probably has the advantage in the last two sure. quarters because he's been in a championship game at home before. Yep. He knows what it takes. He's a little bit more risky. He's and I, I shade that way from a field goal kicker standpoint. I even went back and looked. Oh, what do you know? Greg Zerline drilled a fifty-six yarder in that game this year yeah. in the Superdome. Yeah. So I have a little bit more confidence in deeper field goals with Zerline than I do with Will Lutz, who we just saw miss a fifty-something yarder yeah. against the Eagles. Right. And then I said, I wonder how Michael Thomas has been at home against the Rams. 25 targets, 21 catches, 319 yards, three touchdowns. Right. Michael Thomas has had success against this team. Yep. The only home NFC championship game for the Saints with Peyton and Breeze over this whole tenure was the Favre win over the Vikings. I went back and watched that game. Yeah. Holy fuck. The Vikings had four turnovers. I don't even know how they were still in the game. I mean, Brett Favre should have had that game won. Brett Breeze was not really doing anything. They were the better team that day. The Vikings were the better team. But I I watched that game just to go, let me see the Sean Payton wrinkles. Right. And I didn't see any. Yeah. So, and I the only other non football thing that factored into my equation, and I don't know why it matters to me, but it does. Drew Breeze had his 40th birthday party. This week? It was like on Monday. He was yeah. dancing his tail off. Hmm. I think it was after the game on Sunday, wasn't it? Sunday or Monday. Right. And like any traditional white guy, he did the one move during the year and people liked it. So what was the one move he pulled out at his birthday? That same one. And oh, then he did the dance. It's just like this arm thing that's like, I don't know, I think it might be a New Orleans dance. Yeah. But then he did the dad laugh afterwards where he's like really serious. And then he goes, 
and like <laughs> laughed around. But uh. it, there was something about watching Drew Brees yeah. and the whole Saints team celebrating his birthday, and I know it's on a Monday. I just thought in my head, do you believe Drew Brees has gone out on any Mondays this year? And I'm not saying that those two or three hours, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been partying. It's his 40th birthday. I'm just saying that the last few years, the team that has had the emotional win, I feel like has faltered the next week. Vikings last year on that big win fell flat. I just felt like there's been some other wins where they fell flat. And the Chiefs the Chiefs and the Patriots didn't really have emotional wins. Yeah, right. The Saints did. They did, yeah. They were in deep crap. So... I think the Saints are going to be able to run. Right. I think that this is going to be Kamara doing what he wants to do. I think the the issue that I have with the Saints is the lack of depth behind Michael Thomas for wide receiving yeah. weapons. Scary. I think is a big deal. It does. Because I watched Ted Ginn lose the ball in the lights last week on a play that they should have completed for like a 40-50 yard. And uh, the the Smith kid hasn't been there as much. Right. It's, it's Alvin, it's Ingram, and it's Thomas. No doubt. I don't see anything else from the tight ends recently. Mm-hmm. And it's Taysom Hill. It's yeah. Taysom Hill, sure. too. He's definitely a weapon. Sure. Drew Brees' inability to go deep. I think is going to be a really big thing. McVay, I think, is going to stress out the Saints and run on them. Right. I have the Rams winning 31-30, to right. and I'm putting $800 on the Rams, too. So you're too. with me. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was – it was when – it was for, for Wade Phillips, I think, to see Drew Brees' arm limitations. Right. And I think that because the Rams themselves are a special teams trick play team, yeah. I don't think they're ever going to do what Fletcher Cox and the Eagles did, which is let up. I think that they, I would hope they would be ready for it at all times. Yes. And I think it is a little bit more of the athletes. I think losing Sheldon Rankins is enormous. It's a big deal, yeah. And I think that Aaron Donald and them will get pressure. The th- my fear is that I'm betting on Jared Goff over Drew Brees. I, I'm because lo- that because is, that's the fear. If they're both limited, Drew Brees is the one that should be able to get it done. Yeah, right. Because of the experience, sure. his, his being there before, not yeah. being overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah. Um, that, I agree. That's the number one fear for me too. But I, I, I mean, again, so evenly matched. And I think your logic is exactly like mine. You're just going with the team where I go, okay, there's just a few more studs on this team, and this is a one-game must-win situation. And the fact that Jared Goff has played there twice and the ball has popped out both times. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about his first touchdown was like a deep corner where he led the receiver to the post. Yeah. But it was like a line. And then when I rewatched that last game, I haven't seen Jared Goff look like that in weeks. No, he threw phenomenal throws. So I I think about this guy in in a situation where he should be somewhat comfortable. Right. Uh, yeah, and I thought the Rams, listen, at the end of the day, too, I thought the Rams played better last week I than the so Saints too. did. I just liked after not only going back to watch that, you know, week nine game, but the film, when I came away getting done with the film yesterday of, uh, of the Sunday games, I remember just thinking, man, the Saints, I, I don't think they're as impressive to me as the Los Angeles Rams. And I can't believe I'm doing it because. I really thought going in, going into the week and the logic, and I was... I go, it's Saints at home. Why would I ever bet on Jared Goff on the road in a playoff game yep. in maybe one of the best home field advantages in the sport yep. against maybe the second best quarterback-coach combination of our generation? Mm-hmm. Behind Brady and, and Belichick, it's Peyton and Breeze. Yep. And I'm sitting here, and I'm, 
for me, from a betting standpoint, I think that half a point is huge. Yeah. That three and a half and not three. Right. The fact that the Saints can win by a, a field goal at the end and I still win, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I it's it's scary with Jared Goff, but... No, I it's all right. I, I, you know, I also have faith with like just like I do with a Sean Payton. When those quarterbacks are struggling, you know, these these coordinators or head coaches find ways to still move the ball and make them feel comfortable and still make the offense go. So that's where I feel like they can overcome it. And you know, gosh, who, who, you know, it, it's it's a fascinating game. I am so excited for this weekend because I just think that. Overall, the matchups of these football games are very, very evenly matched to where, yeah, you can come up with little ifs or what's about each game. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing, too, that just, there's just, there's just, hey, Cam Jordan's a really good player. There's just no killers or huge different makers. Not even for Davenport? Me. Uh, not yet, not right now. I mean, he did not pop to me last I week. I want to say something about one guy that I yeah. thought played really well against the Eagles, and I thought he's played really well down the stretch. Demario Davis. Oh, come on. I just don't think we've talked about him enough. No, we probably have not. The Saints in free agency got him at, from the New York Jets, and he is providing the thumper in the middle that the Saints have been missing for the last yeah. few years. Yeah, and he's an underrated athlete, too. He he's, can go side to side, and the running backs couldn't get away from him. Yep. But I, I think he is the difference maker for yeah. the Saints defense that nobody talks about. Right. Uh, I think Lattimore and Eli Apple are fine. I think their safety play is fine. Yeah. I think Cam Jordan is special. Um, but really, Demario Davis is the one that I think is really great. For me, that gave me a lot of confidence in the Rams. It was looking at who was playing in the secondary last time mm-hmm. and realizing now with Peters, Tlaib, John Johnson, and LaMarcus Joyner, all four of them are really great. Yes. And I and they don't, other than Peters, who is a little risky, they don't make a lot of boneheaded decisions. Yeah. Where I could see Eli Apple and I could see some other people in that defense maybe doing that. Yeah, right. Uh, it just comes down to we're betting on the team that doesn't have the experience, and that's always scary. It is. No question about it. You good? Anything we're missing on that game? I don't think so. You got all I mean, inventory to do? Y'all good? Know. I don't know if there's anything else we're missing. Um, you know, again, just for people out there, I think one of the key matchups early on we'll be able to just see is, will Donald and Sue hold their gaps like they did last week against the Cowboys? Uh, the same way they did against the Saints. My inventory would be this. Yeah. If Sean Payton watched the Rams footage, right. what do you think his attack is going to be? Um, if Sean Payton watched the Rams so he footage. Rams-Cowboys and he watches Rams-Saints. Yeah. I mean, he's never going to... starting to formulate? He's never going to leave the run game. Um, but like... The Cowboys running game. Yeah. What do you think he learned what not to do from that? Oh, well, I think the first thing is he is a he is a little bit more, I think, of a versatile run game in general than the Cowboys. And I think you could argue that their offensive line is as good or better than the Cowboys. And their play-action so, game is a lot more deadly. It's definitely more diverse. And their ability to expose defenses when they play man-to-man, they have a great more inventory of exposing that as well. And that's where the Rams will have to be careful. Um, there was moments where the Rams did okay against certain little pick plays and things like that. But at the end of the day, no, if, if Peyton gets a feel for you playing too much man, he's going to dial up some the right plays and screw your defense over. But the Rams don't do that anymore. That's the good thing. The Rams 
just dabble and man just here and there. It's that's really all they do. And I'll be interested to see what they do with a Michael Thomas on the first third down. Yeah. You know, like last week how I said with the Cowboys game. You know, the first third first few third downs they did some different stuff, and then they kind of went back to what they do. But it made the Cowboys think like, oh. Wait, we can't go to some of our bread and butters here. We're going to have yes. to think outside the box. And and that's always good to throw into a guy like Sean Payton's mind early on to go, oh, okay, I have to maybe readjust how I think about those situations. Do you think uh, – what I've noticed also is Sean McVay has come out after all these games. They find one guy to pick on during most of the game. Yeah. Uh, for the Eagles, it was Sidney Jones. And I've seen a lot of other stories where they're like, we were going to attack him. Right. Do you think they're going to focus on Peters? They, is it, that the matchup that you focus on? I don't necessarily think that, but again, I don't. It's, 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 I feel like to get Peters, you need time. It's going to be hard just because there's not going to be that matchup there. You know, the the Rams have kind of said like for the most part they're going to go. You know, other I, than when I hear slam, someone playing zone against Breeze, yeah. that doesn't sound smart. Yeah, but when you have a great front four and incredible team speed, zone is a little different. It's like yeah. you know Jacksonville last year or whatever. Rams you know, have the pieces to be the Breeze wrecker. Uh, yes, they do. They de- definitely do. And if, if you think about uh, back about last week too, even with the Cowboys, like you know, there was the slant by Cooper for the touchdown, yes. right? Where they kind of caught the Rams in a good coverage. Yep. But then after that, you know, the other touchdown was set up by a play that was completely smothered and covered, and they got pressure on Prescott, and then he scrambled to the left and threw a great ball down the left sideline that got them down to the one inch line. Gorgeous. And that was. You know, a great physical play by a quarterback. I don't look at that and go, oh, man, the Rams are blue that or that's an an issue there. So, to me, the Rams have put together three or four weeks now in a row of me going, man, they got it on defense. They know what they want to do. They're not being overly complicated. They have, like, one wrinkle a a week. And back then in week nine, it was like – you know, oh, we're going to annihilate this play right here when they get in this formation. Oh, gosh, damn, we didn't think they would do that in that formation. Oh, shit, we're screwed. Yeah. There's a 30-yard gain. What I love about both teams in this game is that if either goes down early, right. they're confident to get back. Definitely. The Rams have been in this situation against this exact team in Week 9. Right. Saints were in this situation against the Eagles last week. Yes. Um I don't think I have anything else. I don't either. Let's go to the next one. All right, guys. So just to recap real quick, you are both picking the Rams to win. You are both taking the Rams plus three and a half for That's 800 big. bleacher bucks each. 800 bleacher AFC bucks. Championship game, 640 on Sunday. The New England Patriots on the road visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. These two teams played earlier in the year. Sunday Night Football Week 6. Patriots won it 43-40 to 40 at home in New England. Let's talk about the weather. It does not look like the Arctic freeze is going to happen. I've been doing a lot of research on the yes. weather. Yeah, it's called climate change, yep. and global warming yeah, took I mean, over the Arctic blast it's still and be pushed cold. it out of the way. Right? It's still going to be cold. Yeah. They're not going to be in the negatives, right. but as of now, AccuWeather is projecting 22 degrees during warm-ups, okay. 20 degrees during the first quarter, right. and then 19 degrees from the second quarter on. Okay. So factor in that change, first to second quarter, one degree. <laughs> what a, I'm, Blood I wa- moon update coming as well. Is that where you're going? No. Okay. I um, want to explain to people... Something that I saw online from John Ewing of the Action Network that will impact the way that you bet on football games in the cold for the rest of your life. Hmm. Because I was confused by it for Chiefs Colts. 
And I, what what got me confused was when your boy Tony Dungy said, "I've played in a lot of cold weather games. Right. More points are scored in cold weather games. It's natural to see snow or to see twenty something degrees and assume it's colder, less points." Yeah, they went and looked. Offense knows where they're going, but this is the main thing. Let right. me break it down like this: there are three types of cold. There's 20 to 30 degree cold, right. there's 10 to 20, and there's 0 to 10. And they should not be treated equally. They're not. So when there are games that are lower than 30 degrees, the over is actually hitting 58.8% of the time. When the weather is under 30 degrees, okay. the over is hitting almost 60% of the time, which means Vegas is making lower point totals because they're expecting people to bet the under, right. and it's mainly going over. When it gets interesting is when it's under 10. I believe everyone thinks about cold as though it's under 10. When it's under 10, the under has gone regular season and playoffs 16-6-1, almost 80% of the time. What they found is that if there's super snow or there's super cold under 10, Mm -hmm. that's when it's a super low-scoring game. But we think that when it's 25 25 doesn't impact it at all. It means nothing. But when it's the super low or you get two feet of snow, that's when it impacts. It's the same thing when you lose a player on a team versus when you lose a quarterback. If you lose... Todd Gurley, it's going to have a big impact. But if you lose Jared Goff, that's the super impact because the positional importance. Right. That's just my thing for, for the rest of your life. When you're seeing flurries and you rush to pound the under, don't. Because Vegas might bring it down, and that's when you should actually bet the over. Only when it's frigid under 10. There's only been one NFL playoff game under 10 degrees. And the New England Patriots played in it. 2004 against the Titans. Really? So yeah. Green Bay Giants wasn't under 10 a few years ago? According to Pro Football Reference, it wasn't. Well, that's, that's also wrong. The Freezer Bowl was well, fucking... I'm going to check it out. Bengals, Bengals Chargers was minus 14. I'm going to check it out right yeah, now. I'll yeah. double but check. I'm just telling you it's wrong. I know I already know that. All right, the guys. The coldest game in NFL history is... I just it, think that's it, it was still, important information absolutely. because I was sitting there on right. Saturday going, I don't know how this cold's going to impact the game. Yeah. Because no. it, it does, but I just didn't know how. Yeah. Quick no, update a, oh, sorry, on the blood moon, and right. then I'll give you the spread. Right. Uh, clouds are in the forecast, so we might not see the blood moon until the fourth quarter. Just oh, want to make no. sure everyone oh, is aware no. of that. Spread in this game, Kansas City minus three, Chris. Yeah. Break it down. Yeah, and to your point with the cold, they like no, no player cares when it's twenty five. That's not even like that's not going to make anybody bat an eye, unless maybe you're from Miami or Tampa or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Joey Bosa was mic'd up for the Patriots games, and he's like, I can't feel my arms. Oh yeah, see that's you're you've lost already, and that's that's but but ten degrees is a different game because now ten degrees when you're below ten. Uh, and I really only – I don't think I ever played in below 10 other than in high school. I mean, I played in Nebraska where it was like in the teens and New England in the, in the mid-20s once. But when you get to 10, the field can also become frozen. The ball becomes so hard and so slick. And when you're down in like 8, 9 degrees – you, you really have a hard time keeping your body loose and warm on the sideline. All right, I was wrong. Yeah. There's been 26 games I was gonna in say, the playoffs like, there's no under way. 10 degrees. Right. So I'll, let me tell you into them really yeah. quick. This is actually interesting. Yeah. Uh, Oakland, let me get them by order. Oakland, Cleveland. So Seattle at Minnesota was the last one right. in the playoffs. That right. was 10-9. Yeah. Minnesota, uh, I already said that. 
Dallas, Detroit, that was indoors. It doesn't count. Green Bay, San Francisco, that was... The wild card game a few years ago? Yes. That yeah. was five degrees. Right. Um, 49ers won. 20 to 23. Right. 23 to 20. It was Rogers' broken collarbone And then year. Green Bay to New York Giants, right. what you said, that was negative one. Right. That was 23 to 20. Right. Um, and then New England, Tennessee was 17 14. Yep. Uh, Green Bay, Carolina was 30 to 13. But oh, yeah, the championship game where Brett Favre won his first championship against Kerry Collins. And the- but these are like three and negative seven. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I thought because I just knew like the, the old Dan Fouts versus the Bengals game was the, the freezer bowl where it was right, like right, the, right. one of the coldest games right. ever. That's where I was like, I, um, so getting back to the Bring game. Bring it down. All right, Joshy. Um, all right, first thing is going back to the first game. Gosh, I just didn't remember this, but like they didn't match up the New England Patriots in the first game. Like they didn't match up, which I think just speaks volumes because it just tells you that they were scared a little bit from that aspect. They they a team like the New England Patriots who want to play man to man more than any team in football at no point did they really say, oh, Gilmore, you got Tyree Kill? If they played man, they just played whoever came to their side. But for the most part, New England took the approach of let's play soft coverage and not give up big plays and make them work the ball down the field. Now, one of the things they did during the game, they did try to disrupt Kelsey a lot, which is what New England always does. Like they'll disrupt take the, the number one guy, right? They'll take the defensive end, and Kelsey could be split out five yards from the from the rest of the the line, like the tackle, and the defensive end will go out with him, like a Dante Hightower, jam him, and then rush. And so those those are the things that they did. Um, I think that. The one other thing I took away from that game, I do think the the Chiefs the Chiefs can put New England in a bind, of course, because uh, the Chiefs have a very good offensive line. They can run the football, and now they're getting the doctor, and they back. are getting the doctor back. And if and that's again, if Andy Reid can stay patient with the run and stay with that, that will be a huge factor in the game. I really thought I was going to go into this saying like I wouldn't mind seeing the Chiefs get underneath the center and getting some power sets and running the football. But I think what I took away from the first matchup is don't do that. You're not going to outsize outsize New England. If you want to run the ball, spread them out and run it because they are scared of the speed and what Mahomes and Watkins and all that can do in the pass game. So, therefore, when you were in the shotgun and the spread formations, a lot of two safety looks or cover three soft zone looks to where uh, – it, it could favor the run game uh, as far as that is concerned. Now, the Pats were definitely conscious of not letting Patrick Mahomes go right in the pocket, and that will certainly be another yes. element in this game. He threw the interception in the end zone. Uh, Hightower was on his back. Now, he did escape right, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, early in the week, where he threw the long touchdown pass down Kareem Hunt. But he escaped and like went back in the pocket like nine yards. And just because he's Patrick Mahomes, he's still capable of throwing 50-yard lasers. So that's the Patrick Mahomes effect, right? Uh the other He's thing, so beautiful. He really is. He's beautiful. Mahomes was about as off in the start of that game as you have ever seen Mahomes. He missed about three or four slam dunk big plays. Kareem Hunt down the seam for a touchdown. Tyree Kill on a deep cross that should have been a touchdown. So he was off and certainly a little flustered in that game. The Pats secondary, it's much better now. That's the other thing I would say. Mm. That's a big thing. Because J.C. Jackson was not even a part of that conversation that week. That was still Eric Rowe trying to match up and play man-to-man. And they have found the right formula of 
mixing and matching with J.C. Jackson and Gilmore. That is a special duo. And then McCourty in the mix as well. And then the other McCourty at safety and his ability to play man or just be the deep center fielder in his range. Uh, that's going to make things a little different um, for for the Chiefs passing game in general. Um I think that's about all I had from that side of the matchup the first time around. Uh, yeah, and like I said, the Pats tried to play soft coverages, keep everything in, in front of them. The problem with that that I'll pose to everybody is when you play soft coverages in zone, like we've seen, and your pass rush can't contain Mahomes, like the other long touchdown pass to Tyree Kill, right? They're playing a deep cover three. You know the one where he jumped up yes. and stopped and then outran the guy, the, which is like amazing? The the most forgotten best play of the season. Right, that was amazing. But that that's the fear of the zone, because now you have a zone and everybody's going, the safety's going, oh my gosh, he's going to run a deep bomb, and okay, then Mahomes buys a little time, and he just goes, well, I'll throw a laser right in between the, you know, the second-level dropping linebacker and the safety, and now we'll complete it that way. So that's where you know it can be dangerous to play soft zones against Patrick Mahomes at times because we've talked about his ability to move and then manipulate coverage and make big plays that way. Um, so I don't think New England can depend a whole lot on Mahomes missing some of the throws he missed. And also, that was probably the first time he was really challenged as a quarterback in his NFL career to go... I haven't seen these defenses, or nobody did this to me before. And, you know, with like Dante Hightower acting like he's in a blitz and then dropping back to get the interception, or Dante Hightower at the line of scrimmage, and as soon as Mahomes breaks right, he's breaking with him to either cut him off or at least make it hard for him to throw or hit him as he's throwing it. Now, the other thing on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Brady had a stupid fumble, right? Remember where he tried to buy time and like try to be Patrick Mahomes and then like they were kind of in control of the game and he and he fumbled the football. Also, I think the other thing that we got to remember too is the Patriots had kind of got control of the game and they let off a big kick return that the Chiefs got the ball down all the way to the 3-yard line to get a quick touchdown. Just little things I'm saying like I wouldn't depend on those type of things happening again. Yep. I don't expect Mahomes to miss the throws he missed. I don't expect Brady to dance around and think he's Mahomes and fumble hmm. or the the Patriots uh special teams to let up a 97-yard kick return. Like those are things that yeah, they were cool, they affected the game, but I just think playoff football will be different and you won't see those type of things. If they do happen, then whoever makes those mistakes is going to lose the football game. Now, um, uh, oh, damn. Okay. All right. And the last thing, sorry, sorry, Just I just want to add this. Don't apologize. With the Chiefs offense and the Patriots defense. Hit me. The Patriots did a good job of just on some sneaky every now and then, like, oh, it's third and seven, and they would all-out blitz. Yes. Right? And I don't think the Chiefs were ever thinking, like, oh, damn, they'll all-out blitz us and leave no safety in the middle. If you have caught them by surprise. Yeah, Mahomes were a lot off the back foot. Yes, right. He just he didn't, They didn't have a plan on what to do. So I would expect them to have a plan for that this time. And really, I would expect New England to think they have a plan and actually never do that and probably drop out every time they give the look. Mm. If I was New England, that's or my Zen master New England, time, that's what I would expect them to do. Now, to flip it over the other's way with New England on just that first match, no Josh Gordon, right? That's a big thing. The he caught thro- the winning touchdown that they're, game, they're, didn't the, he? The throw up, he didn't catch the winning touchdown. Gronk caught that seam to the, the fade to put them in field goal position to end the game, to make but it 40 Gordon 40. had the touchdown before that, right? He did. I think he, um, oh I don't think God. he had a touchdown. He got a pass interference call okay. down at the like one yard line. That's an aspect for New England that hurts New England because... You know, 
the Chiefs secondary is a little bit better now, and now you don't have to worry about Gordon. Gordon was a matchup problem for them. And the and when Brady saw a man, he was just not afraid to throw the ball up to Gordon. Or if it was man-to-man and he had a slant, he was just like, I'm just going to jam it and in with there. with the amount they play zone. Right. I mean, man. Um, the Pats in the first game came out trying to spread the field at first and slowly got back to let's get eye formation, let's run the ball, let's do all of that. One thing I saw from the first game, they got to be careful about pulling the guard over Chris Jones because just oh. like we talked with an Aaron Donald or Fletcher Cuss, you pull the guard in front of him, he will pull with you mm. and stop it. So that was a uh, a good thing. But the Pats did do a good job, I thought, of uh, being unpredictable in this way. They stayed with the run. But they stayed with the run even in the spread, right, Lefko, where, yeah, we got in the I form, and then the next series they came out and, oh, it's 11 personnel, we got three receivers and Gronk on the field, and it looks like we're going to throw it, and they still stayed with the run. And they ran play action out of the shotgun, like just, you know, mm. riding like the read, uh, the RPO type look, but they don't do RPOs, but it's just like a true play action pass. So I thought that was very impressive by them. Other thing do you have to take an advantage in that, in that matchup? Um, the Orlando Scandrick was playing. Justin Houston really was not Justin Houston at that point. He was still mm-hmm. battling like, his little knee issues, right? To where that's advantage Kansas City, and I certainly think he can be a difference maker. I mean, it's really interesting, first of all, just for everybody out there. The Chiefs almost had three people in double-digit sacks. I mean, Ford and Chris Jones got double digits, and Justin Houston was at nine sacks. I mean, I... I'm truly trying to think, just in, off the top of my head, football, you guys know me, I've been paying attention forever. I can't think of a team that had three double-digit sack players. Uh, I don't know if that's possible to look up, but uh, and I know they didn't get to double digits, but it's still very close, and it just shows you their ability to pass rush with the four. How's Eric Berry been playing? Well, I mean, he's really, he didn't do anything last week. You know, he's he played spotty up to that, and he's still having a heel issue. So I don't think they can depend on him, okay. and it doesn't sound like that is going to be uh, in the fold for him. Um, let me just make sure I got everything. Okay. Um, then, I think the Chiefs played a little too much man-to-man in the first matchup. I do, because once the Patriots got to feel like, oh, man, they're going to play man-to-man like this all the time, that's where you saw Gronk catch the seam down the sideline or a throw-up ball to Josh Gordon or some pick plays that they got uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, nobody has more pick plays than the New England Patriots, so you have to be careful. And I think they did that a little too much. they got to be careful about when they do it. You know, they're playing man-to-man, and Brady fakes the wide receiver screen, and then the seam guy goes up the slot for, you know, uh, or the slot guy goes up the seam for, like, 20-yard game because they're thinking they're going to throw the screen. Um, But, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I think this is a different Chiefs defense. I think they have found more of a – talented secondary on the field from the first time around, okay? But I would also say, like we said already, vice versa, the Patriots secondary is much more talented uh, this time around. I also look at uh, the Chiefs D-line with the Justin Houston, certainly more dangerous. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I got all my points out here, just so I don't want to leave anything, and I'm sure they'll pop up to me as you start to talk or whatever else. But I think at the end of the day, it came down to one thing to me. Um, I'm rooting for Andy Reid. Okay, yeah. I want and I am like I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I don't want to. I don't not trying to hide it or anything. I am rooting for the Chiefs on Sunday, and I really want to see Andy Reid 
win a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be rooting for Andy Reid all the way through if he does it. I don't think there's a matchup on the other side. But but my brain yeah. my brain says $800 on the New England Patriots. I, I think the Patriots are going to win the football game. And really when it comes down to it at the end of the day, it's not the Andy Reid part I'm scared of. It's the Bob Sutton versus Belichick McDaniels that I'm scared of. And I think New England, with their run game, the way it's rolling right now, I just think is going to put them in a tremendous bind. I expect this game to be really close. I certainly would not be shocked if the Kansas City Chiefs won. But I think when I really look at it and the way the Patriots are playing on the defensive side of the ball, um, having seen Mahomes and Tyree kill, and I really just look at it, and I said this to you earlier, Josh, where I really think the Chiefs can win, but it's going to take a handful of just out-of-this-fucking-world type plays by Patrick Mahomes. where, And he's capable of doing that, so that certainly scares me. So that's why I go to the Patriots, and I really see it as a similar type of score as the other game. 28-24, 27-24, that type of game where the Patriots, I think, are going to pull it off and I'll be playing the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. What's your official score prediction? I'm saying I'm going to say mm, I'm going to go – what was I officially picked the other one? I kind of said the same thing because I kind of feel like they're in the same boat. Yeah, I don't remember what you said for the other one. I really think both games are going to be like 27-24, 28-24, right there in the mid-20s. All right. All right, so if you want, you want me to nail one down and just nah, give you a number, yeah, that's okay for that's you? Right. Yeah, that'll yeah, work. That'll work. That'll that works. work. So he wants to move on. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. So let me give you some history. Yeah. Um, I've said this before. Bill Belichick has coached 342 games in his career. It's astounding that in those 342, he's only let up 40 points seven yeah, times. It's amazing stat. And three of them are from Andy Reid. And they've happened recently. 2018, 2017, 2014. 40 this past season, the season we just had. Uh, 42, the season opener in 2017. And 41 in 2014. The last time the Tom Brady played in Kansas City. Right. That was the first it's all crashing down. Yeah. Maybe it's time to play Jimmy Garoppolo game. Yeah. It's pretty wild that this is the first time that Tom Brady has been back since that game. Yeah. Bill Belichick versus Andy Reid is 6 and 2. He is 2 and 0 in the playoffs. Tom Brady in Kansas City is 1 and 2 for his career. Mm-hmm. He's lost the last two. He's thrown for about 241 yards in those three games. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is 3-6. to six. And the last two in Kansas City, the Patriots have scored 14 points and 16 points. And it was not this cold. Yeah. Also, Patriots are 3-5 and five on the road this season. Those three wins were at the Jets. At the Bills, where Tom Brady played awful, and at the Bears, where they let up 30-something points in a wild up-and-back game with some miracle picks by the Patriots. This season, the Patriots have lost three of their last four road games. In 2014, before they lost to Denver in the championship game, they lost three of their last four road games. Mm, 
Good they one. were seven and one at home that year. They were five and three on the road. In 2012, when they lost the other time to Denver in the championship game, they lost four of their last six road games. They were eight and zero at home that year. They were four and four on the road. Patriots are eight and zero at home this year. They're yep. three and five on the road, and they've lost three of their last four road games. I just found this on Reddit. The Patriots in rematches from the regular season. This is up until 2014. I don't have 15, 16, 17, 18. They're nine and eight in when, rematches? when it's a rematch. Mm, that's interesting. But all of the Patriots' eight postseason losses up to that point were rematches. Mm. You would think it would benefit Belichick. Right. The other big stat that I thought was very interesting, and this is a little bit more arbitrary, but I still think it's interesting because of what you said about Bob Sutton. In their last 34 games, including the postseason, the Chiefs have not allowed an opponent to score 30 points or more at home. Right. The longest such streak since the Jaguars went 41 straight home games from 03 to 08, and that's from Rich Rabar. I look at this game, and it's another one where I'm going, I'm taking Andy Reid, who I know has a a tendency to abandon the run, with a quarterback that has never been in this position before, but (laughs) I don't think that impacts Patrick Mahomes. I don't either. I don't want to play that game. Nope. It is Brady. It is Belichick. And I know that the New England team that lost to Denver, Denver, and Indy is not the same team as this team. Mm-hmm. But I also, this is the reason why I put was confident in the Patriots last week, they're a different team at home than they are on the road. Right. I went back and I watched that Patriots-Denver 2015 game. That offense was struggling. The only reason they got half their points was because Peyton Manning threw a pass that was ruled behind the line of scrimmage, and they get the ball inside the 20. Other than that, it was one drive at the end of the game to get another touchdown. How many times did he throw the ball in that game? Do you remember? He'll check it out. I got you. Probably like 14 or some nonsense. No, I'm talking about Brady. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't run that year. That was their problem. They couldn't run. The thing that scares me the most if you're picking the the Chiefs is it feels as though this team of the Patriots... 56 times. Brady did. Yeah, they were so well. Oh, I was talking time. about Peyton. Oh. For like the 14. Yeah. The thing that if you're going with the Chiefs scares me is it does feel like this Patriots team is built to beat this Chiefs team. Yeah. They have the secondary guys that can match up because they're so good on an island, even though no one really matches up with Tyreek. I could see them putting Gilmore on Kelsey and eliminating him. Or J.C. Jackson, because J.C. Jackson's great with size. Yes, he is. And then from the offensive perspective, they can do the 12-play, five-minute drive with the running game. They can do what we thought the Colts could do and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Yep. I will do what you're rooting for, and I am putting $800 on the Chiefs minus three. I, I really, I wanted to because I want to root I'm for the team. not going to do it yeah. to block you from beating me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to do the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I, I feel dumb 
betting against the Patriots. I don't think you should feel dumb, it's, first of all. I don't think there's a bad choice here, yeah. but if the Patriots win, we're going to be sitting there going, duh, you bet against the Patriots in a championship game. You know uh, what I mean? Like, I know. that's what I'm going to say to myself. I know. But Don't say that to yourself, but though. But yeah. just like I think the Patriots are built to beat the Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs have the perfect team to they, beat the Patriots. They do, too. No How doubt. do you beat the Patriots? Yeah. A front four that can get pressure exactly right. and then drop back with a quarterback that you can't game plan for. Right. That's the Chiefs. I know. With a wide receiver that doesn't matter if you put two or three on him. Like, I felt like the Patriots were double and tripping teaming him last time, and Patrick Mahomes missed another easy touchdown to him. Like, on a, on an out, one of those routes, I don't even know how it's described. When he came from the right to the left all the way across the He went the field. left, and then inside it went back out left, and Patrick Mahomes oh, yeah, missed yeah, him yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah, I know. He had him there, too. I know. There was a number of plays. I, I think that the last time they played, everything went the Patriots' way. Right. The great plays were just Patrick Mahomes making great plays, but the turnovers and the ball control and who had the ball at the end of the game and where the game was. Yep. I'm just the the trend that's shocking is the Patriots on the road in the playoffs. Yeah. They're not that reliable. The one I found the most interesting there was the repeat matchups. That was a good one. Because you just think that Belichick. Right, the second time around. Yes. He's, he's, he's going to have you down even better. But according to this, 2013, uh, the 2013 AFC Championship game. Yeah. The 2012 AFC Championship game. Ravens. It says Ravens Super Bowl. Yeah, 2012, the Ravens went to the Super Bowl and played the uh, the 49ers and beat them. Right, 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 right. 2011, they played in the AFC Championship game, and the Patriots won. Remember where the Ravens receiver dropped the ball in the end zone? Yeah, and then Jets they missed the wild field card. Ball. Right. Ravens have done it a few times where yeah. they've had a rematch and the Ravens actually won. Sure. It's... It's fascinating because I guess, you know, you could probably— I just don't think you can game plan to stop Patrick Mahomes. No, you cannot. I, I'll, I'll just boil it down to one thing I think that's really going to dictate the game right off the bat. Right off the bat, like, if the Chiefs jump out early, the game's over. They're going to win. I'm just telling you. They're going to win because the crowd noise in the pass rush will then go to Kansas City's favor. So everybody out there, and Belichick referenced this early in the week about how they start fast. And I know that's what they're going to be obsessed with this week in New England because he's obsessed with, like, we always talk about taking away your best option. Well, one of the best things Kansas City does is start fast. And it's all he's going to beat into their their team's brains this week. When you say that they're obsessed with something in New England, it's for a, a situation week. where they're going to go. We have to win the first five minutes of the game. And how does that get communicated to the players? I mean, he's going to say that probably in a team meeting on Monday morning. He's going to be like the first thing he says to them about we have to win this situation and whatever else. And he's going to go into some things that he thinks they need to take away from that. You know, so that is a huge thing. And if it gets to that, one of my big worries is Brady has shown signs of being jumpy in the pocket. So if they get down and it's 17-7 Chiefs or 14-3 Chiefs and all of a sudden, gosh, New England can't rely on the run game and Kansas City goes, hey, do your play-action passes. We're not going to react too hard and we're going to play pass in those sets. Then it's going to be tee-off time. Let's start to get the pass rush there. And that's where we could see a Brady struggle in Kansas City. I just want to say one thing, too. We're talking about how both of these are coin flips. Yeah. One of them on Monday is most likely not going to look like that. When you look at the last five years and championship games in general, last year, Patriots win by four, Eagles win by 31. Yeah. We thought that was going to be close. Yeah. The year before that, 
Falcons win by 23. Patriots win by 19. The year before. Wait, so uh, just sorry, I don't mean it. who did the Patriots play in that one? What was that? Uh, the Patriots. Uh, so the, they, the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers. Gosh, well that was you know that's. I'm just going through yeah, it. I know. Broncos beat the Patriots by two the year before. Panthers won by 34 over the Cardinals in what we thought was going to be a coin flip game with Carson Palmer and that offense being great. Year before that, Seahawks win by six. Yeah. Patriots win by 38 over yeah. the Colts. Uh, the year before that, Broncos win by 10, Seahawks win by 6. I think of the the Giants beating the Vikings Vikings by 42 back in 2000. Like, yeah. There are some championship games sure. most years where one team beats the crap out of the other team. They get down and the other team panics and they start to do things that they wouldn't normally do. I hope that uh, – so that would be my follow-up question to you of the two games – which matchup could produce a blowout and which side? Oh, what's the most likely to produce a blowout? I just now don't... realize those are all home blowouts. Yeah, so but I, so I want to throw just like some. So it just sounds to me that you think the Chiefs could blow out the Patriots. I I, I guess. I mean, I don't really think so. I want to throw holes in all those theories that please, is right please. there. Please, no, like, I love it. Like the Falcons Packers game. Come on, the Packers. The Packers weren't even in the same stratosphere. It was number twelve making magic to and get them jumped. there, and then they had to play a team that was so overwhelming oh, to them. Okay, okay, right. So that would be what I argue there. Go through some of the other ones. There was like Steelers Patriots. Steelers Patriots was Kansas City. They had to delay the game until Sunday night. Remember, and the the that was the Antonio Brown Facebook. They had less time to prepare for the football game and had to deal with all of that. Panthers um, beat the Cardinals by. 34. That was just a straight ass whooping. There's nothing I can even say to throw a wrinkle. Patriots there. beat the Colts by 38. That was when the Colts shouldn't have even been there. They had the, they beat the, the Denver in Denver, where Denver was clearly the better team, but hey, the Colts had a good game plan that week, and Andrew Luck made some big plays, and we were starting to see the end of Noodle Arm Manning, where he couldn't make any throws there, but yes, that was a matchup that favored, uh, of course, the New England it, Patriots. It does but, sound so, like yeah. if the Chiefs get out to an early lead, it's the perfect it could be situation. Scary. It could be scary. Yeah. I guess if Jared Goff is kind of playing a little poopy pants, sure. the Saints could just kind of explode. No doubt. Because the Saints are one of those teams, when I got scared about that pick, yeah. where if they're running out the middle with Ingram and getting the toss with Kamara and the slant with, with Michael Thomas, you're you're just getting cut yeah. to death. I know. I, this is I, I'm for my own self scouting, but the the Rams and the Chiefs are both athletically superior. I feel like to their matchups. Yeah, I think there's a lot of yes superiority there in a lot of ways. The Chiefs second. I mean, the the Patriots on defense and their secondaries is as athletic as it's been. But yeah, I, I I'm really interested just for my own self because. Like, again, I think when I was not in the weeds earlier this week, okay, and I haven't had any daddy cigars all week. I'm talking about truly in the weeds of just football X's and O's and things not like that. Not a single one. Not a single one. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. Good for you. Um, daddy cigars will be a flowing, though, Friday night. Um, but Oh, maybe we'll hang out then. But um, but the, the, the thing is, yes, my original just intuition said it's going to be Chiefs-Saints and... Going back, watching the games, and more importantly, really just watching last weekend's games started to sway me. So you flipped on both games. I flipped on both games. I, Monday morning, if you, and I think I said it on the, on the podcast on Monday, I said, I'm leaning, I'm leaning Saints-Chiefs. When we had to, what, okay, so I have two follow-ups. Yeah. One I'm going to ask you afterwards was, what did you see in the film that, that swayed you? Right. But my question right now is, who did you pick when we started the playoffs that you thought was going to go to the Super Bowl? Saints-Chiefs. 
No, I, uh, I said Saints Patriots. Yeah, I thought Saints Patriots. I said Saints Patriots, you said Saints Chiefs. Yeah. So what was the big thing from the film of watching both games? Um, I just think at the end, I like I kind of said with the Rams game, I think the Rams... When no, I, no, mainly Chiefs-Patriots. Oh, just after watching both games? Uh, I think the, the, the Patriots secondary, the way they're playing, and this combination of, hey, the way Brady threw the ball last week, um, it made me think maybe there was an issue with his knee, okay, to a degree. And the way they are running the football, they have just found, I think, the right formula on the offensive side of the ball to where, yeah, there's matchups that I like with Kansas City, but... You know, some of it can get muted again, like we saw last week with Bosa and Ingram, if this formula continues to work. And yeah, I just don't know don't, if there's – I don't think it will. There's just not a more complex running game in all of football than the New England Patriots. I just think that when I look at the Patriots' offensive line, it's the Chris Joneses and the Fletcher Cox sure. that mess with Brady, not the edge guys. He, they figure that out. I don't even know if it was Von Miller in those games as much as it was the Malik Jacksons and some of the other guys in the interior. I just think the, that the the problem with this year's Patriots team is they're better in the interior. They are. You and can say is, that. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. I feel like I've watched Patriots in critical games where David Andrews gets pushed around a little bit. Not this year. No? No, it's been Trent Brown and Marcus Cannon. That's where I'm saying if they get up to that lead, they will not be able to block D. Ford and Houston off the edge. That's where I would say. Oh, I, I so just think that I when you combine those two guys yeah. with the pressure in the middle of Chris Jones, yeah. I'm wondering, does James White have to stay in and help block a little bit more? Just because I, I find those guys more yeah. threatening than the Chargers guys. Yeah, they are. I mean, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. They are. They are more threatening. They also. I also thought the Chargers came into the Patriots a little bit beaten down from playing the Ravens. Sure. Where like the 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 Chiefs are kind of like we kind of got to rest a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they did. They certainly didn't have to put the pedal to the metal all game long. So, which one are you more confident in? I'm not really confident. In either. I'm not either. That's I why. Would say, I would say. That's honestly, why we both bet 800. I think I, I'm more confident in the Rams game. I am. I think I'm more confident in the Rams game. Yeah. But so, again, I would not be shocked if it was either. Wait, so was you could cool. take the lead. Recapping the bets. Guess, yeah. Saints, Rams, yeah. uh, spreading that game. New Orleans minus three and a half. You guys are both taking the Rams and the points for 800. And then uh, Patriots at the Chiefs. Spread is Chiefs minus three. Sims, you are taking New England plus three for 800. Lefko is taking Kansas City minus three for 800. Before we wrap up, what Super Bowl are both of you rooting for? What do you want to see on Monday? Mm. I'm well. I think I'm rooting for the one that I pick with your bets. I'm rooting for not and not just because of my bets. Rams Chiefs. Like I said this week, this year has been defined by high point totals and exciting games. Yep. And we are seeing two of the four best games, like Football Outsiders did by the DVOA, the best played games of the year. Right. And two of them were are being played or a rematch this weekend, and the Rams-Chiefs was three of the four. Yep. So the fact that we could have this, this collision of those great games again, to see Sean McVay, which I think has been the story of the season and the offseason, yeah. with all these coaches being hired, against Patrick Mahomes, which I think is really the story of the season, that to me is the best culmination. Personally, 
I am not interested in hearing a Breeze and Brady two-week waxing poetic about their careers. I don't want to hear about all of the the totals and all that stuff. And it's not just because they beat the Eagles. It's because I want to see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I want to see Tyree Kill on a fast track. And I want to see two weeks of of, of all this stuff. And Travis Kelsey, I consider a friend of mine. And I'd like to see him on that stage. And from the Rams' perspective, like this was a team that when they got in Dominican Sue and they traded for Marcus Peters, that's another storyline. Marcus Peters against the team that traded him in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that's exciting, and I am just over Brady and Breeze. It's just they were they were great, and they're still great. But I'm ready for this a season about offensive explosion to end with a rematch of the best offensive explosion game. Who do you want to say? That's the game I least want to say. Chiefs wow. Rams. Oh, I don't want to see that at all. How come? Because I just don't like those games. It's just not fun to me. There's no pressure. It's just like, oh, you score. Don't worry. We'll draw this in the dirt, and we're going to go down and score. And it's just there's no managing. Did you not like the Super Bowl last year? Uh, I did, but I think it was a little. I mean, I, I get scared of fifty-four, fifty-one. But I that was forty-one, thirty-three, or forty-one, thirty-three, whatever. But I get scared of fifty-four, fifty-one. I don't like that necessarily. That game, I, I don't know. I just, I, um, I'm rooting for Chiefs Saints. Okay, which I is another great storyline. That's what I would love to see. But I would also love to see Patriots Saints. I mean, I really would. Or Patriots-Rams. I mean, Patriots-Saints, I I know it's so annoying to hear that story, but those quarterbacks, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's my legacy against Brady. And and Sean Payton will not be afraid of Belichick. No, he will not. And I think, you know, again, anything with New England in the Super Bowl is going to, you know, ignite the hate factor, right? It heightens the perceived importance. Exactly. So Because then you start talking about Bill Walsh, and yeah. you start talking about Chuck Knoll, and you start talking about, like, if Brady wins six. Yes, yeah, all of those. I mean, listen, Chiefs, Rams, if that happened, I, like, like Lefko just said, there's no matchup that's really bad. I guess that would be my least one. But I, I am rooting for Chiefs-Saints. And I'm picking the other teams. This is really hard for me because I had to sit back and go like, all right, heart, leave, heart, leave. Yeah. Uh, I I will say this, that when I look at the, uh, I think Saints Chiefs, like from our podcast perspective, Saints Chiefs is the best one for this show because we've spent so much time talking about Mahomes versus Breeze. And as I said before, the fact that the MVP comes out the night before that whole weekend's going to feel like yeah, a big discussion. Right. Um, Rams Patriots is the rematch of the two th- is is the rematch of the Super Bowl that launched the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. And and it's the new greatest show on turf. Right. Like that's great too. Um and and Saints Patriots is man, you're right. Yeah. That would just be yeah, it's just it's two great coaches, it's quarterbacks that I do think are very aware of their legacy and they want to beat each other. Yeah, I'll never and, forget being at the Super Bowl last year and how hard it was for Vikings fans to have Eagles fans in their city after having just lost to them. Oh right. It caused it actually caused a lot of drama with my family. I've told you that story, I think, where we're sitting at a restaurant and this waitress goes over to a table of Patriots fans right next to us and goes, so happy to have a table of Patriots fans. I hate Eagles fans. And my mom goes, my mom goes, are you fucking kidding me? And my mom's not like that. Because we were right there. And it was really weird because Vikings fans... For I'm hoping again for Falcons fans. If it's Saints-Patriots... 
the host city is going to be miserable. Well, what, there was also the stories of like Eagles fans mistreating Vikings fans at the Eagles game, right? So that ignited. Well, and then I told you what happened, and yeah. you 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 were cool with it when the Vikings fans, when hundreds of them went to the Rocky statue and put the Vikings jersey on Rocky, oh, and then right. did the skull chant on the steps, and then said, "Why are you treating us bad?" Remember that? Yeah. And then you went, oh, no, I get it now. Yeah, right. I just, I think that it's also like a popular narrative. Right. But I'm just saying for the host city to have the team that came back from down 28 to 3 and their bitter rival and one of them's winning. Yeah. That, that would be a killer. The only thing I'll say. Who would they hate more? <laughs> Saints I guess fans. The Saints, yeah. My only thing will be this. If it is Patriots Saints and the Patriots come back from down like 28 to 3 on the Saints, yeah. and they do it to them, oh, would that be beautiful. Uh, it was just from that perspective. Oh, you're starting the music. Yeah, How dare you? You're running us off. Yeah. No, no, no. You turn this music off. I will finish my speech. Easily the most... Uh, oh, doobity bop bop gumbo time in New Orleans. I was just say, the funniest, uh, most awkward part of award shows is when that happens. <laughs> Um, hold on. Who are you picking? Who am I picking? I kind of want to see Rams Chiefs. You want to see that too? Yeah. So you're rooting for that. I like the scoring. Yeah, I hear you. Actually, no. I want Chiefs Saints because I want it to be Mahomes Breeze. That's what I'm going for. You're going for that? Because I'm thinking about the content. Right. And I want a full week, two weeks of us being able to break that down. We've talked so much about that. Yeah. And honestly, so many things have happened this year that have aligned with Sims and Lefko. Yeah, you're right. From contracts and coaches. It would be a good end to the season. Right. Yeah. Good end. Yeah. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And I am the LEFKOE. Man. And we will holla, holla, holla at you later. Good luck with your tickets. And we'll talk to you soon.